to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 6. We are dealing with a way that we can line up with kingdom thinking and operate in kingdom ways. I found out as when the more and more you get into the way that God wants to do things and wants us to do things, there's a more power flow, a more money flow, a more life flow into your life. And we all want to live a fullness of life, basically, because you have a purpose. Say, I have a purpose. I, have a purpose. I don't care what age you are. I don't care who you are. God puts you here for a reason. How many of you know this? He just randomly didn't say, well, whatever happens, happens. No, he had a purpose for you. And if you study the Bible, you find out one thing that God does that most people don't do and we don't do is he, he finishes something before he starts it. Basically, he sees something and he knows there's a purpose for someone to fulfill that final purpose. So he creates someone on the earth to take care of that final purpose that he already knew was there. Are you following me? I mean, somebody had a thought one time probably to make a dishwasher because they were tired of washing dishes. Well, how many know the thought of the end of that dishwasher was there before they started the journey to make the dishwasher for it to be there? Well, God has a purpose for each and every one. So there was one day when God was looking at the year 2021 and he saw a a something that needed to be done and he says I'll take that one right there and that one was you he said, let's see I'll take this one I'm gonna think of it 500 million sperms heading there is that something and God says mm, let's see I got a purpose in 2021 I'll take that one right there and that was you praise God you're already a victor you made it 499 million didn't praise God so look everything's good right so he picked that out. So you're heading towards your purpose. So there's a purpose for you right now in this day and in this time. It's not 10 years from now. It's not 40 years from now. It's right now you can be living in the purpose that God has for you. And purpose equals fulfillment. Say fulfillment. fulfillment. You'll never live a fulfilled life if you're not in God's purpose. You're going to struggle. You're going to be stressful. You're going to be worried. You're going to be down and out. You're going to be fighting, arguing, everything else, simply because you're not in his purpose. But when you find his purpose... Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Praise God. Things just start to line up and you don't care about anything you really cared about before. You are just doing what God wants you to do and you're having a good old time. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Let's start in verse, let's start in verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought or do not worry for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than clothing? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, stop worrying about what shall I eat, what shall I wear, where shall I live, what kind of car do I have, blah, blah, blah. Wherewith shall we all be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles or the pagans seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, a right standing in that kingdom, and all these things shall be 
added unto you. And don't take any thought for tomorrow. Why? Because you've got enough problems today without dealing with tomorrow. Praise God. How many know that's the truth? Hallelujah. Okay, these are the scriptures that basically changed my life about 10 years ago. Because up until that time, I was doing everything here that he told me not to do. I was worried about finances. I was worried about money. I was worried about cars. I was worried about this and debt and all this kind of stuff. And all at once I read this and, and I decided that year that I was going to obey God. How many know that's a tough? You want to make a New Year's resolution? Make one to obey everything you read in the Word. See how long that lasts. And that's what I was doing. I was after food. I was after shelter. I was after having enough money. I was after having all these things. Then I read this thing here. And to be honest with you back then, 99% of my prayers were for things. These things that I wasn't supposed to be worrying about to begin with. Lord, help me pay the mortgage. Lord, help me get a car. Lord, help me do this. Lord, do this, do that. Never once in the first probably 15 years of being born again did I ever ask him what he needed. I always asked him what I needed. And then I tried my best to manipulate him to get it. So I kept my little book. I prayed two hours this morning, Lord. You certainly should pay my mortgage now. I went to church not only Sunday, but Wednesday night also. Did you mark that down, Jesus? Do you have that there? So my whole seeking, my whole going was for things. Then I read this scripture and find out the only one that goes after things is pagans. The only one that goes after things is somebody who's completely away from the kingdom of God and not understanding what they are doing. So basically what I had to do is make an adjustment in my thought life to seek first his kingdom, his kingdom desires, his wants, what my purpose was, what I was created for. And as soon as I made that switch, say that switch. As soon as I made that switch up here, all at once, all these things that I was seeking for started coming to me. And sometimes I didn't even know where they came from. They just came, so I didn't care where they came from because they came. Are you following me? So basically the problem in the church is, is a, a curse of things. Everybody gets born again, and we're still after the same things that we were after before we got born again. We just found a way to get them, hopefully through deity. <laughs> See, I'm saved now. God's going to take care of everything. He will take care of everything automatically Amen. when you seek first his kingdom and you're right standing in that kingdom, all these things will be added unto you. Let me give you an example, just things that happened in my life. I got a letter uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and it was from my insurance company. I've got an insurance company, then when I turned 65, I know you can't believe it. I am, though. I am 65. I know some of you are, can't, just can't get that. But, but when I turned 65, I had to go on something called Medicare. So then I had insurance to pay, and I had Medicare to pay. Well, I didn't even want to pay insurance, so why would I have to pay Medicare automatically 65? So I got a letter in the mail that they sent out a pay-me-back letter. If you don't like something, then you write us a letter, and we pay you back, praise God. I said, all right, is that what you want? I got a letter for you. I said, you're charging me $148.50 a month for insurance that I don't need. And, and my insurance, I said, my insurance company, I'm getting charged double. I said, gee whiz, I haven't even seen you in 10 years. I mean, you know, check your records. Just give me back something, you know, or whatever. So I put, pay me back, and I sent the letter off. Well, it was about three days ago or something. The letter came in the mail, and there was a letter from the insurance company. I said, well, they probably dropped me. I'm probably looking for a new insurance company. But it said, pay you back. And there was a check there for $800. Wow, $800, that's pretty good. And then I started thinking, did they really send me this check? Or did they do it by mistake? Are they going to come back after the 800 So, of course, I called them, and I was talking to them on the phone. And basically, what we've been doing, we've been giving out books. How many of you know that? 
we started giving out books, and as soon as we started giving them out and not charging for it, we had a check that came in for $3,000 to buy books so we could give them out to the church. How many know that helps? All right, well, we're getting down to a level here where we're, I think we had $1,000 left, and we're getting down to the end of the books again. And I said to the Lord, you know, we do books, and they're less than $2 a piece to do, so we get 500 of them, and it's about $950. Thank you for the $800, praise God. That comes in handy. So I called him back, and I said, hey, is this $800? Can I cash this? I mean, is this for real or whatever? Oh, yeah, it's for real. It's a payback. Pay you back for your fine, blah, 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 blah. We love you and all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, thank you very much. I said, it's going to help something that I'm planning on doing. And she said, uh, when did you turn 60? I said, well, December of 2020. And she said, let me check. She said, oh, we'll give you back that month too because it's the only month you pay. So let's see, that comes out to about $950 that we owe you. So the next round of 500 books is already paid for by my insurance company. Now, how does this happen? You just seek first the kingdom of God and all these things somehow are added to you. Don't try to figure out how they're added to you. Don't wonder how they're going to be added to you. Don't question how they're going to be added to you. Your problem is to seek first the kingdom of God and extend the kingdom in your life. To reach other people, to touch other people, to get people born again, to get people in their purpose, to get them into a place where they desire the things of God and they hunger after God rather than things. And then for a while in my transition, I went from desiring things to desiring God for the things. So it was another step, wasn't it? At least I was going 100% for God, but I was going for 100% for God because I wanted 100% of my things. Come on. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Probably everybody in here knows what I'm talking about because that's all we go to God for. That's what we pray for. That's what we do. But God didn't put you here so you could have a bunch of things. The problem is if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you're going to have a bunch of things. And then I'll tell you what, you've got to learn what to do with the things. See, we don't have nothing. It's not hard to figure out what to do with it. But boy, when things start flowing into your life and money's coming from here and this is coming from there and that's coming, you've got to find out what to do with it because you can't keep everything. How many know God is one who spreads? He's not a keeper. He spreads it out there. So that it makes it tougher. The more that you get, you've got to find out what God wants to do with this and what he wants to do with that. So basically here he's saying, stop worrying about these things. And notice, all these things will be added unto who? To you. To you. So notice, it's not because, and I was taught this, that there's nothing wrong with it. It's not because I'm confessing they will be added, but how many know that's good? It's not because I have faith enough for them to be added. It's because I changed my priority from things to Him. And as soon as I changed my priority, I started walking in the kingdom of God. I started seeing results. And I'll tell you what, you can win the lotto and be excited about it, or you can get somebody born again and healed. And I'll tell you what, the lotto, I don't care what you win, will never compare to the person that you got set free and brought into the kingdom. There's a feeling that comes up out of the inside of you that's so good, praise God. But yet, if we win the lotto, we'll tell everybody. We get born again, healed, and delivered, we tell nobody. But the thing is, that's what we're supposed to be doing, extending the kingdom of God. That's the purpose that you were put here to do, to get into other people's life so they can experience the freedom and the joy and the power and the glory that God has put you here to go. This isn't supposed to be a life of turmoil. It's not the way it is, praise God. And the Bible also says, you know, you, you, can, you can get the whole world, yet lose your soul. Now, don't talk about going to hell. Losing your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion, deals with worry, fear, strife. How many know there's a lot of rich people out there? Come on. A lot of them are committing suicide. That's got to prove to you that things certainly aren't the answer because if they were, they would be happy. 
living in $5 million houses and everything else, yet they're worried and they're mad and they're bitter and they're everything else. So what will that do? That'll affect your soul if, even if you go after things and you get things, it still messes you up. So what we want to do, we want to be kingdom people. Let me rephrase that. I want to be a kingdom person. So I want to walk in the kingdom. I want to live in the kingdom. So I had to get my focus off of things and get them on God. God, what do you want today? What would you like me to do today? What would you like to me instill into your people today? It was no longer gimme, 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 Jimmy, and hopefully I get something. It totally changed because his purpose was more important than my purpose. See, when I die and go to heaven, I'm not going to go before Jesus. And he says, let's see, that 1,100-square-foot 11, house is what you lived in. Oh, my God. That bank account you got is nothing. You're not going to make it in here, brother. You ain't going to look at any of that stuff. He's going to look at how far you went with the purpose that he put you here for, and he's going to tell you how you did in that purpose, and he's going to thank you for doing that purpose, and he's going to say, enter in my joy, praise God. Amen. Well, how many know if you do things right, you'll be in his joy before you enter into this joy? Because you're doing things right. You're fulfilling your purpose. You're fulfilling what you were called to do, and you're getting things out of the way. Say things. things. Got to be out of the way. He does not want thing-possessed people. He wants kingdom-possessed people. Amen. All right, look at Philippians chapter 2. It was half the first page. We might be here on next Thanksgiving. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you think this is an easy transition, it's not. Because we've been trained for years and years. What am I supposed to do? Go to work. Uh, apply for my kids. Buy a house. Pay the mortgage. Pay the private school. Pay this stuff. Do this stuff. Overtime. Yes. Praise God. I'll take four shifts, six shifts, seven shifts, whatever it takes to get the money. And every time I take another overtime shift, it would cut into my prayer time and my word time. Didn't cut into my sleep because it made me more tired than I was before. I needed more sleep than I did. So there I was on overtime, 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 busy, busy. And one year I said, that's it. I'm getting off the overtime list. I ain't working overtime again. That's all there is to it. So I got off of it. And then, of course, you know what you hear? Now how are you going to make it, smarty pants? <laughs> Couldn't make it before without overtime. How are you going to do it now? Anybody ever had one of those thoughts? Yeah. Anybody having one right now? <laughs> yeah, these thoughts come again. Now, now, you, now you've done it, brother. You've done it. You're just about to buy a building here worth uh, $650,000. You're getting the money in the bank, blah, 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 blah. But how many of you know when you hear from God, you hear from God? Amen. And at first, if you do it right away, it seems good. You don't want to wait. Because if you wait, you never do it. So you do it when it's hot on the inside of you. And you're really happy when you do it. But it's right after you did it that you wonder if you should have did it. Come on. For some of you, it's just come up here and say something. God's beating on your heart. He wants you to come up and say something. And finally, you get up out of your seat and you come up here and you're shaking and you're giving your little testimony and you didn't have time to rehearse it or anything, but you're just doing the best you can. And then you leave and you hear, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You probably bored everybody. Everybody's probably sleeping and you should have never went up there. And it, well, it, it's a battle up here, isn't it? That's why we've got to get into the purposes of God so we know exactly what God wants us to do in our life. It's important. No matter what age you are, there's still time to do what God has called you to do. I mean, I was drank for 30 years, praise God. I was saved and in religion for another 10, but praise God, one day I was totally set free, glory to God, of that stuff. And then it's time to start flowing in it. So you can start flowing today. 
You don't have to say, I'm going to do it tomorrow or the next day. You've got to say, God, what do you want today? What do you want with my life? What do you want me to do today? I don't care about things out here. I don't care about this and that and all the other things. I'm not going to worry about things out here. I'm not going to fuss about things out here. I'm going to fuss about the kingdom of God. I mean, when's the last time you witnessed to somebody and brought them to Jesus? When's the last time you laid hands on somebody and said a little prayer for them? Well, I don't know what to pray. Try this, healed. to start well it didn't work then try it again praise God you didn't ride the bike the first time you fell down six or seven times too before you got on the thing so it's about stepping out and you learn as you step out as a preacher it took me a long time to get up here and know what to follow the spirit know what the spirit wanted to say I had things boy I had them wrote down I'll tell you and Paul well, right, let's read it first Philippians chapter 2 look at verse 20 Paul says for I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state for all seek their own, not the things which are whose? Jesus Christ. So here he's teaching the church. He's saying, I can't find anybody in this church that's seeking the right things. They're seeking things for them, for their own appetites, for their own desires. I can't find anybody who's seeking God for what God wants them to do. Now, how many of you know if that was a problem in the church back then? It may be a problem in the church today. And this is where we've been. We've almost misguided our faith to things rather than our faith to him. And by doing that, that's not it. We don't put our faith in things. We put our faith in God. And God wants to do it and how he wants to do it. And somebody says, well, what, what faith am I getting out of that? Well, find out what his purpose is. Then you're going to need faith to do that purpose. Because whatever he tells you to do, you're not going to be able to do in your own natural ability. See? So what are we doing? We're agreeing with God. We're growing into things. But we're doing the things, basically, that make us kingdom-possessed. See, for a long time, I was work and things-possessed. I went to work for a paycheck not for kingdom stuff. So when I went there, what was I doing? Trying to get all the hours I could get. I wasn't going there. I'd run a package up the door, throw it down, because I'm working 10 hours, and I've got to get back before it gets dark. But when I got off the overtime, let's just start doing things for God, I knocked at the door until they came to the door. Well, I wanted to get a chance to see that person. I'd say, how you doing today? Terrible. Open door. Come on, great. Open door. You could be doing greater. Terrible. I can help you. So what happens? I build a relationship with these people. I'm on the same route for 15 years. I know their names. I know their kids' names. I know their kids' problems. I know their problems. What is it? I've got a ministry. I may be wearing a mailman suit on the outside, but I'm wearing a Holy Ghost suit on the inside. And all at once, delivering mail got to be fun. It wasn't, oh, there's the alarm. Get in the truck. Get in the mail. Put it in the box. Who cares if it's the right street? Just keep going. No, see, it all changed. There was a purpose to what I was doing. It wasn't just for a paycheck. It wasn't even for the paycheck anymore. Right. It was to do what God wanted me to do. Right. Praise God. And I said, where was uh, Yolanda got up and talked on Wednesday that she's, you know, she's been here every Wednesday. She's been here every Sunday. She's learning. She's growing. And she, guess what happened? She got a raise last week. Woo! They called her to the office, and they, she thought she was probably going to fire him, and instead she got a raise. Praise God. I mean... And it was over a dollar, wasn't it, Yolanda? Yeah. Praise God. Oh, is it? I mean, you can see things happening when you start seeking God and going after the things of God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6. All right, Matthew chapter 6, are you there? Yes. Look at verse 24. 
No man. How many men? No. no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, how many of you know Jesus said that? Well, I found out in my life I wasn't serving God. I loved God. I cared for God. But I was serving money because my heart's desire and my intentions were for money. And I'm not just talking about people in the world. I'm talking about people in the church. This is the way we're doing things. This is the way we're acting. Then we get mad at God because all things aren't being added unto us. And we're not even obeying the laws of the kingdom of God to open up the windows of heaven and allow things to flow into our life. And then we want to blame God for it. It don't work that way. I mean, how I many know money is, is a God? It is a God in this world. I always tell her, you see a problem, follow the money. You see corruption, follow the money. It's all about the money. And as Christians, we got to get off this money kick, this thing kick, and get on the God kick. There's going to be a transfer of wealth. How many know the wealth of the wicked is going to come to the righteous? But notice, it's not going to come to the Christian. It's going to come to the righteous, the one who's rightly aligned with God and operating in the things of God. That's where the wealth is going to come. A lot of Christians ain't going to get anything that day. They're still going to be broke. Why are people in debt? They love of money. Got to have that, got to have this, got to have that, got to have this. Here comes a credit card. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. Why? You've been serving money rather than serving God. Are you following me? That's why people are in debt. Women sell their bodies. You know what for? Women sleep with their boss. What for? Because they love him. No? Drug dealers selling drugs. Why? You can trace anything back to the root of all evil, which is the love of money. And yet we get born again. We say we love God. We want to serve God. But all we want to serve him for is to get the same thing the world's after. Money and things. Money and things. This is what I did, God. Look at me. I did it. I'm doing good. I'm being real nice. I lift it in my hands now. Do you see me? See? But once you find out and start serving him and start seeing the results of what God has given you the ability to do, it's easy to worship and praise. When you start doing what God has called you to do, you can't do anything but worship and praise God. Because your life is just so peaceful and so joyful and you don't have to be all the time and all the time. And if you're still nervous and strife and everything, you just need to make a switch. You're still on the me, my, I. And you've got to get off of that, praise God. Jesus went to the cross for you and he got nothing in return. All he got was you. I'm not so sure that was such a great investment sometimes. See, he didn't get nothing. He didn't go there to defeat the devil for him. He already did. The devil wasn't bothering him. He didn't go there because he needed his sins forgiven. He didn't have any sins. He went there for us, simply for us, simply for us. And that was it. And then we, we can't stand the person sitting aside of us. Then we get mad at everybody else. Come on. It's time to grow up and be kingdom people. And now's the time to do it, praise God. And I'll tell you what, it'll be better for you. Health in the body of Christ, I think 90% of sickness in the body of Christ is because of strife and unforgiveness and division in the church. It shouldn't be there. Or seeking the wrong things. And we're growing up out of that. We're learning. We, we've got to find out what God wants us to do. Then we want to do what God wants us to do. How many know if he made you, he knows better? See, sometimes you've got to trust he knows more than you. And that's a pretty big step. Some of us think we all got it figured out right where we're at, and this is what we're supposed to do. And then we go around and around. I mean, for 10 years, I was going around and around. I was going to every revival. I was going to this. I was going to that. I was running to everything. And for two days, I was full of God. And then, and then I had five days, and I was right back where I was. And I was worrying about finances and worrying about this and worrying about that and couldn't care less and blah, blah, blah. And 
But notice it's a continual walk of just wanting to do what God wants to do and all things things come into your life. Praise God. Let me give you another example. I got born again. When I got born again, I knew I had to get out of the church that I was in because I had to go someplace where there was some actual food. See, some of you were in a church a long time, weren't even being fed, but all your buddies and friends were there and you just wanted to stay there. You weren't growing a bit. Then you come in here and get another word of God and you think you moved into a new hemisphere. It's true. I know it's true. I can see right through some of your brains sometime. What did he say? Did he say that? Did he really say that? I got it. Crucify him at my last church for that statement. But we want to preach the word of God. So we got excited. We're looking for a church. We can't find nothing. We turn on TV and Benny Hens on TV. Said, praise God, there's a church. Where is it? Orlando. I don't care where it's at. I'm seeking God. So we start driving, praise God. My Chevette. Hole in the floor, thing hanging down, no air. Here we go. Where are we going? We're going to Orlando. Are you a Christian? We prosperous. Yes, sir. Praise God. We prosperous people. We're driving all the way up there and going to Benny Hinn's, going to Benny Hinn's, going in that car that we could barely fit in the way it was. I had two little kids, drug them there all the time. Always took them to Chuck E. Cheese so they wouldn't get mad at us for the whole weekend. <laughs> Got to compromise sometimes, people. Not that easy. So we're driving up there, driving up there. We're, we're still sort of going to a church and sort of going to the church we were in. And we ran into a guy there who basically was the treasurer of the church. He was an older guy. His wife was all crippled up. Was can't remember what she had, but she had some kind of disease or something. And, and he was the treasurer of the church. Well, we were tithers. And most people don't tithe at this church. They just put their one crying George Washington dollar because they squeezed him so tight in the basket. <laughs> And we were tithers. But the problem was I had two checking accounts and I closed one up north and I wrote a check out of that and put it in the offering. So, of course, you know what I did? It bounced. So he called us. And at that time, we got together with them and started to be friends with them. They loved two little kids. You know how older people who have nobody around or anything love little kids. So they loved our two little boys. And every Sunday, we'd go to church and we'd go out to eat and we'd go to church and we'd go with them out to eat. And was that easy? No, because when it takes someone, you know, two days to get from the car to the restaurant... And then three days to eat and two days back to the car, it was almost time to go to church again. But that's what we were dealing with, and we knew that's what we were supposed to be doing. We were supposed to be loving these two. They had no kids around. They had two kids who weren't around anywhere and everything else. And, and then I don't know how long we were with him, quite a while, three, four, five months. And all at once, he came up to me one Sunday, and he handed me car keys. I said, what? He said, we, we can't drive anymore, they said, so we're going to give you our car. It was a... Cutlass Supreme or Chevy Caprice Classic. Chevy Caprice Classic. It only had like 25,000 miles on the thing. I looked it up. It was worth like 12 grand. I said, 12 grand. That's got to be the lottery. You know, when you ain't got nothing 12 grand back then, sound like we, we hit it, baby. We hit it big. Glory to God. So he handed us the keys. I said, hey, you better call your, your kids. So the, the, we called them on the phone. They said, no, we, you've been such a blessing to our family, blah, blah, blah. We're going to give you the keys. And, and now we're going to Benny Hens in a big car. No hole in the floor, no thing coming down. And man, was that air cold. Woohoo! It was good. We weren't praying for a car. We weren't begging for a car. We were just happy to have a car. You understand? As long as it ran and got us there, we didn't care. But what happened? All at once, you started seeking the kingdom of God, started helping somebody, started getting you off your mind, started looking for what God wanted to do in your life instead of things, 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 things. 
Now, how many know we could have found out, oh, well, he ain't going to be able to drive in the next month, so how can we manipulate them to get their car? But it wasn't that way. If you're manipulating somebody, you're still in the curse. If you're manipulating someone to get anything from them, praise God. And I'll tell you what, the kingdom of God, money is so different that you always remember money. And that's another problem we got. Sometimes, sometimes I'll talk to somebody and I think, well, I'm going to give them something for their birthday or for Christmas, but did I give them something last year? And what did I give them if they did? You know, did, was it a 20 I gave them? Because I don't want to give them a 10 this year if I gave them a 20 last year. And I guarantee you they know. Might not know one verse out of the Bible, but they know what you gave them a year ago and how much it was and what the card said. Especially if it's a female. Come on. The day you gave it, what time it was, whether it was raining or sunny, you knew, praise God, what happened there. How many men can say amen? Amen. (laughs) Yeah, that's the way it works. So then you're trying to figure it out. But, you know, we don't remember this. We don't remember that. We don't remember, but we remember the money part, what somebody did, what somebody gave us, what somebody. We've got to shift that thinking. We've got to shift it over on God and what he wants to do and the people that are around us. Well, i got such idiots around me. That's why you're there. God saw 14 idiots over there and sent you over there. And you complaining about fulfilling your purpose with these idiots when that's what you're supposed to be doing to bring you the peace and joy and comfort that he's trying to get to you and you're fighting him every step of the way. So slowly we got to start changing things. And will your feelings and emotions act up? Oh, my Lord. Come on. Somebody just backstabbed you. God says, go up and give him a hug. You say, right hug or left hug? (laughs) Which hug do you want me to give him? See, and we sang the song today, I'm not going to live by what I feel. And what I see. Oh, it's fun singing it, ain't it? Not going to live by what I feel. And then you want to go out and kill the waitress. <laughs> see, we've got to get by the feely emotionally and get on the word of God and live in the kingdom of God and love other people. Just love other people. That's, that's my main advice to about everybody I come into. We hack around and everything. And I'll tell you what, just love them. And nobody seems to like that answer. But it's the answer that works. The Bible says love never never fails so I don't want to love things anymore I don't want to love it doesn't matter and until you come to a place where you get delivered from the the spirit of ownership it'll be hard for you to function in the kingdom of God you know what spirit of ownership is you think you own anything you don't the house we're living in now we're renting sooner or later somebody else is going to be in that house that house belongs to God the car that I'm driving now you know it's going to be somebody else's. If I get a new car, that's going to be somebody else's. Everything that I got in this earth is going to be somebody else's. It doesn't belong to me. And that's why God gave you those things, because he wants you to distribute those things that you get. If you've got excess in something, distribute it, praise God. Look in your closets. If you didn't have 45 pair of shoes, it wouldn't take you so long to get ready for church and pick out the right one. Come on, I'm just telling you. We got stuff. Now I'm, making, now I'm getting there, ain't I? I'm getting someplace now, ain't I? We're making some ground here. I just felt some ground break out there, praise God. Yeah, there's people running around out there naked in the woods who would love to have that shirt that you haven't worn for the last 20 years. But you know what? It, it doesn't really matter because someday, someday I might get back into it. As soon as I lose these last 45 pounds, I'm going to fit right back into that jersey. 
And you know you ain't ever going to get there. Come on now. And if you do, I think you deserve something new. Oh, but there it is. It's stacked up. It's in the closets. It's in the garage. It's in here. It's in there. Everything's piled up. It's time to start being givers with things, praise God. Give those things out there. Some of that stuff is really good to people who need it out there. And God's telling you to distribute things. And I'll tell you what, if you ain't careful, he'll tell you to give something away you really like. Okay, so that's the way the kingdom operates. Yeah? You really like that shirt? Yeah. Give it to so-and-so. I used to do a jail ministry. I used to go in jail two times a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I'd meet different people and preach to different people. There was one young black guy in there I went and saw him, and he was all fired up about the things of God. He got born again, and I laid hands on him, get filled by the Holy Ghost and all this stuff, and I went back the next time, and he says, you know what I'd like? I said, what? He says, your Bible. I said, this is the Bible with all my notes and my underlines and my colorings in, and I got a bunch of good stuff in that Bible. I'd really like to have that. I'd get you another Bible. Yeah, but this one's already ready and marked up. I'll get you three other Bibles. Just don't make me give you this one. But no, he wanted that Bible. So I gave it to him. I can't say there was a whole lot of joy when I handed it over. And I left there and I went to work at the post office the next day, thinking about my Bible, casing that mail. And somebody walked up to me, tapped me on the back, some guy who I led to the Lord and got born again. And he said, you know, I was in a store last night and God told me to buy you this new bigger print Bible and I just want to give it to you today. I opened it up. I thought, miracles are possible. Maybe it's marked. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't that big a miracle. <laughs> it didn't go that far. <laughs> but that's the way it works. You know, that's the way God does things. So what? I got to start over. And how many know your marking sometimes will deter you because you're locked into that thought life on that thing. And now when it's playing again and you've got to start thinking different on the verse rather than what you scribbled there and what you thought before, it helped me to even grow. So these are things that happens in the kingdom. This is what we look to do. This is what brings us peace. This is what brings us joy. This is what makes us happy. This is what keeps us out of worry and strife and fear and all these things and getting blown out of proportion. We just simply do what God wants us to do because he knows best for us what we need to do. Hallelujah. All right, let's just do one more. I ain't going to get close to this enemy. Go to Philippians chapter 3. We'll be talking about the spirit realm again on Wednesday night. We had a great praise and worship service, if that's what you want to call it last week. It turned into a everything service, which was really neat. We had plenty of testimonies from people who, hallelujah, you people are growing, I'm telling you, you're growing. All right, Philippians chapter 3, look at verse 18. Now remember, this is by Paul written to born-again Christians. Verse 18 says, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. But our conversation or our lifestyle is in heaven, for whence also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's talking to Christians here and basically he's saying they're enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought of yourself as an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ? But listen, if you're trying to get what Jesus Christ already provided for you by manipulating God to get it, then you're an enemy of the cross because you're not receiving what the cross has provided for you. Are you following me? He's already provided things for you. My God meets all my needs. Is the word there needs or wants? Needs, isn't it? God works all my needs according to his riches and glory. So I'm not going to God and trying to beg him so I could become righteous. 
Because Jesus already suffered and died to make me. See? Healed. I'm already healed. I'm already blessed. All these things are already mine. So what am I going to do? I'm going to receive those things because how many know he knows better than I do? That's the end. But now I'm going to start pursuing that and I'll end up at the end. That's why if you've got pain in your body and you say you're healed, if you're not completely renewed in the Word of God, you'll feel like you're lying. See? So we don't want to be enemies of cross. We don't want to go after money. We don't want to go after things. We don't want to go after money to get things. We want to go after what he paid for on the cross, and that was a relationship with him more than anything, with God. And you can't have a relationship with God if you don't have a relationship with the Word. I'm sorry. can't happen. God and his Word are one. If you never spend time in the Word, which is God, then you're not going to know God anyway. You're going to tell everybody you love Him, you care for Him, blah, 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 and you're just blah, 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 basically. That's why He said, uh, well, we cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick in your name. Well, you didn't even know who He was, praise God, to begin with. So what do we need to do? Go back to the Word. How many know the Word's important? So we go back to the Word of God. We study it. We find out what God would do in this situation. We find out what Jesus would do in this situation. He found somebody who was in adultery. What did he do? Did he put him in jail? Did he throw rocks at him? No. He questions the ones who were there who were judging him. See? In other words, he put them all in the same basket. Prostitution wasn't any worse than you judging the prostitute. He took participation in prostitution. See, and this is the way we've got to start looking at things. This is the way we've got to start walking righteously with Him and in right standing with Him. And you go through the Bible and you look up righteousness and all the benefits you get from living righteous. You never have a need for anything again. I'll tell you what, they're in there. Read Proverbs sometimes. Read Psalms sometimes. Read these things sometimes. It tells you if you will just simply enter the kingdom of God and strive to be righteous for Him, you will be filled. They that pursue righteousness, basically the Bible says, hunger and thirst for it, you will be Filled. Well, if I'm filled, there's no room for things or money or desiring those things because I'm already filled with the things of God. Once again, is this an easy transition? No. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes correction. And the Holy Ghost is good at that. He will correct you and line up. But before the end comes, I'm telling you right now, before the end comes, there is going to be a people who are nothing but godly-minded. There's going to be people who are possessed with the kingdom of God and getting that kingdom of God to other people. And there's going to be a spread. It's not going to be a major revival. It's going to be person to person to person to person to person to person to person, just like dominoes. And people are going to start coming to the kingdom by the droves. We're seeing it now. We're seeing it online with Luann. We're seeing it with Kelly out there. We're seeing it with James before. It's time to do that. That's not it. Let's not sit in our seats and wait for a revival so we can get tickled. If you get somebody born again, you'll be tickled. If you get somebody healed, you'll be tickled. Just tell them your testimony. Everybody's got a testimony. God certainly did something for you. So just tell him what that is. Tell him what he did. Tell him how he touched you. Tell him how he saved you. Tell him that he'll save you. Tell him how bad you were. Everybody thinks they're so bad. We all got bad stories. Instead, we sit around trying to outbad each other. But those days are gone, praise God. You can use your testimony and tell him what he's did for you, how he's changed you from where you were to where you're at now. But you can't do it if you're a miserable Christian going after things because nobody's going to want to be like you. So we're going to walk in peace. We're going to walk in joy. We're going to walk in love with everybody, praise God. And we're going to allow the Spirit of God to change us into a place where we're no longer thing and earthly thing-minded but heavenly-minded. Hallelujah.